0: In just two taps on both Apple Podcasts, or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. <laughs> Hi I am Jeffrey and welcome back to nightfalls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Come. Join me beside the fire tonight as I tell you the story of Peter Tamer, an amateur artist visiting the quaint, cobbled streets of Arles, France. Though it was the beautiful surroundings of the falls that re-inspired me to pick up a paintbrush again, the city of Arles is famed for inspiring some of the greatest works of one Vincent van Gogh listen in tonight as Arl inspires a new generation of artists, including Peter, who explores the town Van Gogh once made his home in, sketching as he goes. Before we join Peter, let's take a moment to slow down and settle in for the night. Come to a comfortable position, and allow your eyes to gently drift closed. Draw a deep breath in through your nose, and out through your mouth. Inhale once more, and exhale. Breathe in and out, in, and out. This is your time to simply be. All there is for you to do is lie here, breathing, allowing each breath to drift ever so easily in through your nose, and out through your mouth. As you sink into a state of deep relaxation, notice the natural lengthening of your breath. Each in-breath drifts a little deeper into your body, and every out-breath seems longer as you sigh out the stress and strain of another long day. There is nothing but the gentle sound of your breath washing in and out to disturb the perfect peace of this moment. Centre your attention on the sound of my voice as I count down from five, and this evening's story begins. Five. Release the muscles of your face. 4. Allow your jaw to relax. 3. Let your tongue fall away from the roof of your mouth. 2. Release your shoulders into the soft cushions beneath you. And 1. Release your hold on the day, and allow yourself to drift off into a deep state of relaxation. Peter Tamer alighted from the morning train and looked around him. He'd arrived in Arles a city in the south of France. It was a place famous for its Roman heritage, where classic French buildings mixed with scattered Roman ruins, and also for its association with a certain Dutch painter, Vincent van Gogh. The great artists had spent time there in the late 1880s, it had been a prolific time for Van Gogh, and he'd created some of his most famous works of art, including The Starry Night, The Yellow House, and Bedroom in Arles. Peter considered himself an amateur painter, and Van Gogh had inspired him from an early age He was looking forward to seeing firsthand the scenery and landscapes which had been the subject of Vincent's work. Peter adjusted the canvas satchel on his shoulder. It was full of drawing materials, including a small set of watercolours. He was going to make pencil sketches throughout the day and turn them into oil paintings when he had more time. He was hoping he'd get the opportunity to use the watercolours at some point. He walked through the small station and out into the street. It was a sunny day in July, and even at this early hour, The sun was pleasantly warm. Evidence of the Roman occupation of Arles was visible in many parts of the city, including the impressive amphitheatre, a circular building similar to the Colosseum in Rome. According to Peter's research, Arles had been an important part of the Roman Empire many officers retired there in their later years. As Peter strolled along, he wondered what Vincent van Gogh's first impressions of the city had been. Did the artist visit the Roman ruins? Perhaps he spent an afternoon watching a play, set in the grounds of the amphitheatre, Peter turned away from the main road and headed towards the narrow, cobbled streets. Vendors were setting up tables and chairs and opening large parasols, which would provide a welcome shade for customers later on. The streets were lined with aged, yet beautiful French townhouses and cottages. Many had painted shutters and window boxes, filled with blooms. The buildings were pale-coloured, and the roofs covered with orange tiles. Some early risers were already seated at a nearby cosy corner café. They were enjoying a breakfast of croissants and coffee. Peter heard them discussing their plans for the day. Rows of display units outside shops held a wide variety of postcards many of which featured prints of Van Gogh's work. Peter spent a pleasant hour wandering through the many picturesque streets and alleys. He imagined he was following the footsteps of Van Gogh and thought about the scenes which would have caught Vincent's eyes, those moments in time which he'd felt compelled to commit to paper. Some of Vincent's paintings showed people strolling by churches, or walking through fields which were ablaze with colorful blooms, and sitting with friends at a cafe. Vincent was known for creating snapshots of everyday life the magic in the present moment. That was one of the aspects Peter most admired about his work. It wasn't long before Peter experienced the need to capture some of the interesting things he'd seen too. He took himself to the nearest cafe and sat at a small round table under the shade of an awning. After placing his order for a coffee, he reached into his satchel and pulled out his sketch pad and a freshly sharpened pencil. He opened the pad and rested it on his knee. He thought about what he'd seen as he'd strolled through the streets. And then he began to draw He sketched a young woman on a bicycle as she called out Bonjour to a friend leaning out of his window. The mid-skip of a child as he walked hand in hand with his mother. A fine mist of water vapour floating from the vents of a restaurant. A small poodle with fluffy white fur and the owner, an elderly woman with a similar texture of fluffy white hair, beneath her chic hat. The bemused look on a tourist's face as he scrutinized the map in his hands. A teenage boy lost inside the online world of his phone, quite strikingly set on a backdrop of crumbling Roman ruins, Peter put his pencil down. Even though the world had changed a great deal since Vincent had walked these streets, people were just the same. Curious, friendly, kind-hearted, getting lost in their own worlds. Peter made one last sketch before he left the café. He wanted to record the faded elegance of the tall buildings with their wooden shutters, peeling paintwork, and richly carved doors. There was something appealing about the mysterious homes, as if there were a wealth of fascinating stories hidden within their walls. Vincent had also painted buildings, including the one he had called home for a while, the Yellow House. Peter left the café and walked towards one of the street views which had inspired Van Gogh. When he reached the Place du Forum, he looked at the café in front of him and a handful of people who were relaxing at the tables. He took his large book of Van Gogh's paintings from his satchel and opened it to the artwork titled Café Terrace at Night. Vincent had used a combination of yellows, greens and blues to create the cozy feel of the lantern-lit terrace set beneath the navy star-studded night sky. The glow from the lantern highlighted the texture of the cobbled road at the side of the terrace. The violet shades of houses in the background added a comforting feel to the image. It was an inviting scene one which made a person feel they could step into the picture and take a seat at one of the tables. Peter made a sketch of the modern-day setting, whilst trying to keep the essence of Van Gogh in his work. In contrast to Van Gogh, his sketch would later be coloured with sunlit skies, with light streaming and swirling into the windows of the café. Peter's next stop was the outdoor area which Van Gogh had reproduced in his work titled Entrance to the Public Gardens in Arles. The painting showed a man standing at the open gates of the park, engrossed what appeared to be a newspaper. Benches lined the path within the park. On them were seated people attired in dark-coloured clothes. A canopy of green-leafed branches reached out to each other across a pale yellow ground. Peter arrived at the park and stopped outside the entrance. It hadn't changed much over the years. Benches still lined the walkway and abundant trees grew on either side of the path. He made a drawing of the park, adding the modern-day touches. When he'd finished, he glanced along the path inside the park and noticed an empty bench beneath the dappled shade of a tree. It looked too inviting to resist. Peter entered the park and walked over to the bench. Once he was seated, he took out his watercolors, and added light layers of blues, yellows, and greens to his drawing of the park. The paint soon dried in the warmth of the sun. After a while, Peter rose from the bench and walked out of the park He thought about Vincent's life and the jobs the young artist had undertaken before being able to commit himself full-time to painting. Vincent had worked in a bookshop and as a dealer at an art studio. He'd also tried his hand at being a supply teacher for a while, but painting was in Vincent's heart it was his dream and one he never gave up on painting had always been a part of peter's life too his earliest memory was of covering the kitchen walls in bright red paint using only his little hands of course He hadn't been asked to cover the kitchen walls in red paint, but that was beside the point. Once his parents had recovered from the scarlet appearance of their kitchen, they had bought young Peter a set of paints and a stack of paper so he could practice his artistic skills in a more organized and cleaner way. Peter continued to wander through Arles, taking in the beauty of the buildings and the interesting people who walked through the streets. The sun was warmer in his back now, and the sky seemed even bluer. Every scene made a captivating picture. No wonder Vincent had been so prolific during his time in Arles. The afternoon wore on, Peter left the city behind and headed into the surrounding countryside. It was this landscape which enthralled Vincent, and it showed in his paintings of bright-coloured landscapes, pale pink blossoms on branches, and the intricate shapes of cypress trees. And, of course, the sunflowers – Vincent van Gogh and his sunflowers. The yellow flowers had brought a feeling of gratitude to Vincent, and he adored painting them. Peter ambled along a country lane. The faint sound of traffic from the city was replaced by the pleasant hum of bees flitting through the summer air trees lined the patchwork fields on either side of the lane. The sound of birdsong drifted towards Peter, making him relax more and more with each leisurely step. He stopped at a stone wall and rested his hands on it as he gazed at the straw-coloured field in front of him. Cypress trees stood in a row at the end of the field, each one different from its neighbor. Red poppies danced in the long, golden grass. Unable to resist, Peter took out his sketchbook and began to make a drawing of the pleasant panorama. He soon became engrossed in his work. It was just him, his drawing, and nature. Using techniques he'd learned over the years, Peter used his skills to add light and shade to the picture, drawing thicker lines here and there for the bough of a tree, and light barely there touches for the stems of the red poppies. Once the sketch was complete, he added color using Vincent's most used shades, reds and greens yellows and blues. Time flew by, and before he knew it, Peter had finished his work. He held it out against the scene in front of him. It was his interpretation of Vincent's work and would remind him of this wonderful day. The sun hung a little lower in the sky now, and Peter moved further down the country road and paused to rest his elbows in a wooden fence. Looking out across a field of wheat, he was stunningly reminded of one of his favorite Van Gogh paintings. By now it was the afternoon, and the sun had moved far in its arc across the sky. It hung almost directly ahead of him now, it cast golden light all across the sky, casting beams into Peter's eyes, just like in the painting. Van Gogh had captured the golden sun of southern France perfectly. In his depiction, dashing brushstrokes of warm orange radiated from a central sun, mingling with yellows and subtle reds, to illuminate the whole sky. Warm ochres, bright mustards, vibrant golds. The whole scene radiated with warmth. Before today, it had seemed to Peter that the sun in Van Gogh's painting was surreal, too large, exaggerated from the viewer's enjoyment but now he was here, he felt that the son of Arl was indeed larger, and warmer, and more golden than he had ever seen elsewhere. The sunlight had brought out all of the glorious colours of the wheat in turn. A farmer worked calmly and methodically in the field, silhouetted by the sun. He wore a hat and linen sleeves to protect him in the heat. Peter carried on walking, but he didn't stop drawing. There were too many irresistible tableaus waiting to be recorded on paper, a yellow and blue butterfly resting on a grey stone wall, its mosaic markings visible with each flap of a wing, rows and rows of purple lavender. Lined up perfectly in a field, the relaxing scent was made even more fragrant under the warmth of the July sun. A wooden rocking chair on a patio outside a small farmhouse. The chair looked old enough to be an antique, but it retained an air of sturdiness and comfort. A cat strolling around the rocky garden of a cottage weaving in and out of potted shrubs. An elderly lady strolling contentedly along the lane, carrying a wicker basket laden with vegetables and bread from the boulangerie. And then Peter saw the sunflowers, not in a field or in a vase in someone's window, but at the side of the lane with the wall behind them providing support for the sun-like flowers as they grew higher and higher. When he saw the first one, he thought it was there by virtue of a happy accident. Perhaps some bird had dropped a sunflower seed there during its flight. Peter made a detailed sketch of the first yellow-petaled bloom before going on his way. But then he spotted another sunflower a short distance along. It was smaller than the first one, but perfectly formed. He saw another one, and another. He glanced ahead of him and saw a bright yellow line of the beautiful flowers, highlighting both sides of the lane. Had someone sown the sunflower seeds here on purpose? Peter followed the flowers. He came to a junction where a small track to his left led to a red-roofed building not far away. The row of sunflowers left the country lane and lined the track instead. There were more of them now, and they swayed in unison from side to side. In a gentle breeze, as though beckoning him closer. Intrigued, Peter followed the flower-lined track until he reached a red-roofed building. As he got nearer, he realized it was a café. A blue awning provided shade for the wooden tables and chairs. A handful of customers were sitting at the tables, and enjoying a drink of something cool. The mouth-watering aroma of baked bread drifted towards Peter. The café looked bright and welcoming. Peter had been walking for a while, and a refreshing rest seemed like an excellent idea. He walked towards the table near the open door of the café, and placed his satchel on the tiled floor. Before he could decide whether or not he should go inside to place his order, a vision in a bright yellow dress appeared in the doorway, with a small sunflower tucked behind her ear. The young woman smiled warmly at Peter and invited him to sit at the table. She introduced herself as Anne-Marie and asked if he had followed the sunflowers to the café. Peter admitted he had, and asked if she had planted the seeds. Still smiling, she shook her head and said her mother was the sower of the seeds. Anne-Marie looked into the café's interior and raised her hand at someone. A moment later, An older woman came out and smiled at Peter. She too was wearing a yellow dress and also had a sunflower holding back her long hair. She gave Peter a studied look for a few moments before returning inside. When she came back out, she was holding a jug of iced water and a plate full of warm bread, soft cheese and tangy fruit. She placed them in front of Peter, before going indoors again. Peter looked at the food and told Anne-Marie it was just what he needed, and how did her mother know that? Anne-Marie held her hand out and said it was her mother's gift to know what a person wanted, and she was never wrong. Peter tucked into his food whilst Anne-Marie saw to other customers. When she came back to collect his empty plate, Peter asked about the sunflowers and why Anne-Marie's mother had planted them. She does it every year, Anne-Marie explained. She loved how they brighten up the landscape. Also, her mother was a huge fan of Vincent van Gogh and knew everything about him. She could name every painting the great artist had made and even when and where the paintings had been created. But her mother adored the sunflower prints most of all. She said the flowers were like smiles captured on canvas. The sight of them always lifted her heart. Anne-Marie asked Peter to come into the café with her and see her mother's collection of prints. Peter followed the young woman into the welcome coolness of the café. He looked in astonishment at the walls which had been covered in Van Gogh's familiar prints. But not only that, there were many drawings on display which were similar in design to Vincent's, but each had its own take on the artist's work. Peter asked who had created the other pictures. Anne-Marie told him they had come from artists who had been drawn to the café by the sunflowers on the road. With a twinkle in her eyes, she asked Peter what he had drawn, and would he mind showing her his work? Peter asked how she knew he'd drawn something. She held her hands out and said it was her gift. She could always spot a painter. Somewhat bashfully, Peter handed Anne-Marie his sketchbook. Her face lit up in delight as she went through the pages. She stopped at the last one. It was the one showing the first sunflower Peter had seen along the road. Anne-Marie called out for her mother, and like a ray of golden sunshine, her mother swooped out of the kitchen. Mother and daughter conversed quietly in French as they admired the sunflower image. The mother nodded, folded her hands in front of her, and smiled at Peter. Anne-Marie asked if Peter would let them have the drawing in exchange for the price of his meal. Her mother thought it was a wonderful image and really captured the beauty of the flower. She would love to put it on the wall, next to one of Van Gogh's prints. Peter was at a loss for words, but when he finally spoke, he said they could have the drawing for free and he'd pay for his meal. There was a small discussion following his suggestion, but Peter said he wouldn't take no for an answer. Peter stayed at the café a while longer, he struck up conversations with other visiting artists, their talk turned to their favorite painters and their works. Some mentioned painting holidays they'd been on, where they'd spent full days lost in creating oil paintings of stunning landscapes. It sounded idyllic to Peter, and something he'd like to do in the future. Every person Peter spoke to in the café Agreed that Vincent's simple designs held special places in their hearts. There was something magical about the colors and lines which made them look alive, and each painting held a touch of magic about them, as though the world within the image was an enchanted one. The sky was growing dark by the time Peter finally left the café. He said goodbye to his new friends, making sure to add a heartfelt thanks to Anne-Marie and her mother. He walked away from the café, but he hadn't got very far when he heard someone calling his name. He turned around and saw Anne-Marie's mother standing under the light cast by an overhead lamp. She was pointing to a field on his right, she indicated for him to walk through it. Peter looked at the field, but couldn't see anything interesting about it. But it was a pleasant enough field, and it headed towards the road which led back to Arles. So, with a wave at Anne-Marie's mother, he entered the field and walked through the soft grass. The sky grew even darker. The crescent moon took center stage. Stars appeared in the navy sky. The silhouette of a cypress tree came into view on his left. Beyond the field lay the dark outline of a cluster of buildings nestled in the rolling hills. Peter stopped walking and slowly turned around. He realized he was in the middle of one of Vincent's most famous paintings, The Starry Night. It was beautiful, so peaceful and calm, so silent and serene. Peter took his sketchbook out began to draw, the curve of the crescent moon with its halo of light, blue and white swirls dancing across the twilight sky, the silhouette of leafy trees, the far-off village tucked into the hills, and the stars, so bright so utterly beautiful and truly captivating. He recalled one of Vincent's quotes, but the sight of stars always makes me dream. Peter continued to draw. He lost himself completely in the enchanted scene around him. Very soon, he felt like he was part of Vincent van Gogh's dream too.